Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. All right, my friends, we are back. This is part two of my conversation with Father Gregory Maria Pine. So if you haven't heard the first part, honestly, I promise you, go ahead and press pause and listen to the first part of this conversation. We had a great long chat. So that's why we divided this up into two episodes just for you. Better to just think and pray with everything that Father Gregory has to say. He gives us so many little gems in here. So I can't wait for you to hear the second part. So go ahead and take a listen and enjoy. How do we see and encounter those moments of beauty when, I guess, in our everyday life, when we're not on that hike, we're not able to um, escape from our beautiful families and the chaos that they bring so quickly and easily. How do we experience and encounter beauty then to have, or at least position ourselves in a place where we can be more receptive to God? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. The short answer is I don't know. The long answer is I have some faint notions. Um, <laughs> our chapel in Washington, D.C., we have beautiful stained glass window on um, one side of the chapel. And then on the other side of the chapel, it's just more simple, kind of like geometric type stained glass. I sit on the side of the chapel that looks at the stained glass windows, which are more simple. And um, whenever, I, you know, whenever our seating gets kind of shifted for mass or this, that or the other, I'm looking at these beautiful stained glass windows on the other side of the chapel at which I, on which I sit. I'm like, man, I picked the wrong seat or I was assigned the wrong seat by my prior, you know. Um, but recently, um, yeah, I mean, in, we often use images, right, to kind of direct us in prayer, to keep us focused because our passions and our minds and hearts are overactive and they have objects which are external to um, our interior life. And so kind of drive us outwards or make us think of our daily affairs and mundane tasks. And so I kind of have like a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a discipline of the mind where when I'm feeling distracted, I always look at this one particular point in the chapel and it's at the top of one of these geometric windows where there's one of these like triquetras, which, you know, it looks like, um, a triangle with like loop-de-loops such mm-hmm. that it's often used to convey the Trinity. And for whatever reason, I've had like, it's, it's become an object of recollection for me. Like it, it just brings me back. Like I think about the sun proceeding and I think about the Holy Spirit breathed forth by father and son. And it's not especially beautiful, right? But it has, it's, it's an attached to a beautiful thing. And I think part of what the, like the kind of incarnate logic of Christianity does is that it's able to draw for us the association between or among the mundane and the exalted. Not that we lose track of the goodness of the mundane, but that the mundane become like part of the sacramental order. So GK Chesterton has this like long uh, meditation on dandelions. I think it's in uh, orthodoxy where he talks about how, you know, the two kinds of people out there, optimists and pessimists, optimists, you know, think everything better than it is. And then pessimists think everything stinks except for themselves. And he goes through this kind of farcical example of how an optimist would look at a, um, at a dandelion, like it's a, it's a good dandelion, but it can be improved upon if we just deploy, you know, scientific dandelion cultivating apparatus, you know, blah, 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 and such. And then the pessimist talks about how it's like just a weed and it's such a pestilence, a blight on an otherwise nice garden and would that we could remove it, but the taproot is too deep and it'll just spread and everything, blah, blah, blah. And then he proposes a third idea. He says that of the, that of the patriot. 
who loves the thing because it's his, who doesn't try to like change it as if it were some social project or doesn't try to impress his own ego on the thing, but just receives it as something given to him and then works within that. Um, and so he says that the disposition of this person is to look at the dandelion and realize that one is not even worthy thereof. You know, like, who am I that I have been so blessed to have been given a dandelion? And now people who aren't sensitive to uh, the transports of one GK Chesterton will think that like a little too much, a little bit precious. But you can appreciate the insight, you know, that all of this is a gift or all of it has been saved from a wreck. Um, Chesterton says elsewhere that his favorite poetry in all of literature is just the inventory of items in the book Robinson Crusoe that he saved from the sinking ship. Why, he says, because all of those things, on account of the fact that they could have been lost, are ideal, right? They are ideal. And so, too, of everything that we experience. But we can look at it in a kind of weary way or look at it in a kind of let's improve this way. Or we can look at it as something given that might not have been given. And in looking at it, we're better disposed to kind of like make the associations in the sacramental order. We're able to see this thing as coming from God and as ordered to the contemplation of God. So, you know, there's like a kind of uninteresting stained glass window immediately across from me. But there's just enough there for me to make of it a kind of sacrament, I suppose. And our life is just riddled with those things. So it's a matter of being able to identify and asking God for the grace to identify because it's it's not by our own powers. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that that is something we all can relate to having asking for that grace to see to see our life as 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 a blessing and a gift versus um, I'm trying to get through it. You know, like this is the best it's gonna get, and and all it's it's all it's all there. It's all, all the ingredients are, are, are given to us and we're just not making use of them. Maybe because we don't realize what they are, or maybe we think that we have to know what they all are before we start using them. And, um, sometimes it's just saying, okay, I, I don't know how this is going to fit. I don't know how this works for my sanctification. Mm-hmm. And, um, for, I guess for me personally, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this out there who's listening, but for me, and how God uses just, you know, how he made me and my own personality and, and how I deal with frustrations is sometimes I just get so exhausted by life in general. Um, I'm just, I just get tired. I'm just like, ah, and God uses that though. I see him use my frustration and my exhaustion for my own sanctification because sometimes things will happen. Many times things will happen and praise be to Jesus Christ. I'll lean into them being like, I, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm too tired to fight you, Lord. Sure. Sure. Okay. We'll work with this. We'll, we'll accept this. (laughs) Sometimes I look back and I'm like, why did you not fight back more on that? I think it's because I'm exhausted. Sometimes I just in a place where in my spiritual life, where some things will just happen and, I'm too tired to figure out the meaning and maybe I should, you know, maybe I should be meditating on this more. Maybe, but I find myself just being like, whatever you want, whatever you want, Lord, that's fine. I guess we'll just go with that. It reminds me so much um, of, I I guess maybe this this is all connecting of like why the Lord allows me to be exhausted with my own life sometimes. To, and to my own undoing, like I'm the one causing the frustration, exhaustion for the record. I know I am, but I could just remember, um, I, I guess I relate to that moment when, when, uh, Peter says to Jesus, um, or else what would we go? Like, what, what else are we going to do? You have the words of eternal life. I can see him saying that with like jaw dropped, 
complete exhaustion and frustration over what was just said, what was just done in John six and the bread of life discourse and being like, what? Like we were with you. We were here. And you've just told this whole group of people to eat you. (laughs) What, what is going on? I can just see them in the back, you know, in my mind, because I've done uh, so many, you know, you know, speaking events on stages with lots of people. So I kind of sometimes will put this ridiculous scenario in place where Jesus is on the stage and he's speaking to this massive crowd, you know, at a Steubenville conference with all these people or something. And his disciples are in, are in the seat of, or in that, that little row where all the other speakers are, you know, and they all sit there and they're, they're watching the other speaker up on stage. And I can just see Jesus going up there being like, listen, listen, this is what we have to do. You got to eat my flesh. You got to drink my blood. And I can see, you know, and so to speak, all the disciples being like, what is he saying to this group? Like, we got to get him off the stage and like go backstage and be like, you need to explain that because that's not going to happen. <laughs> but Peter just has this moment of exhaustion. And um, I think that there, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Father, but I think that there can be something also really beautiful about those moments that we don't understand and that we might be put to uh, that that place of exhaustion where we, where we we just throw our hands up and we say, okay, okay whatever this is. And there, there's a beauty I'm hoping that unfolds in that place um, to bring us maybe to a deeper place of, of trust or surrender maybe in the Lord because of the beauty of exhaustion and the beauty of um, maybe God just saying, well, this is just the best way that I can get you to do what I need you to do for your own sake so that you don't fight me on it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I think it, in light of what you describe, the Carmelites teaching on detachment, which I don't really know that well, but I get some of these things secondhand and, you know, well, we'll see if it's true. But there's a sense in which, you know, you have St. Teresa of Avila talking about how um, the Lord will use whatever means are ready at hand to secure our whole heart. And oftentimes some of the things that keep us from him are very subtle and simple attachments um, and the removal of those attachments or the detaching from those attachments will prove uh, difficult and excruciating. And we have a hard time recognizing them as they are and a hard time giving them up uh, kind of like as it unfolds, but we can appreciate in hindsight, like what the Lord was doing. And, the, and like, as you describe your exhaustion, when you think about like, what's the thing what the Lord wants to communicate most perfectly It's that he is God and that you are a daughter of God. And in order for us to live uh, kind of with the recognition and out of that revelation, it will take our ceasing to depend upon ourselves and our learning to depend upon God. Because from, you know, the sin of our first parents, we have made every effort to go it alone. And we have only found that in so doing, we sow seeds of discord and we reap a harvest, you know, like reap a harvest of sadness, but we still do it because we do not want to be of God and for God in the way that he chooses, because uh, we would rather be of God and for God in the way that we make. Um, and so like the Lord will use this kind of attrition or exhaustion or uh, forced detachment, the active and passive purification of the senses so as to communicate the fact of his sovereignty, not because he's like creepy or needs or adulation, but because he wants to um, bring us to a place of, you know, greater perfection, a, a place of greater trust and abandonment, which will ultimately redound to his glory and to our sanctification. 
I love that. <laughs> I'm glad. There's just, it's one of those, this is one of those conversations where for me, I know I'm a talker. So it's really easy to jump in and respond real quick or say something. But sometimes I've learned you just have to let things sit and be really okay with being uncomfortable. The uncomfortable silence, the uncomfortable just staring at the other person like, okay, okay. Well, there's you and here's me and okay. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is it. And I think anytime you would talk on and speak on and discuss beauty or transcendental or frankly, probably any, any matter that you're trying to lift your thoughts or heart both to God, we need moments where things can sit and settle. And yeah, I just think some some of those things you said, they just, they don't need a response from me. I think they just need to sit with me and sit with, with our, with you, the listener and just let it just be, let it be. So we're just going to do that. I mean, don't worry, I'm not going to have this massive long silence on a podcast because like that, <laughs> why, why would you be listening? That's <laughs> stupid. You just push pause. I know, actually, but however, which makes me just think maybe it would be good that there was a podcast that like purposely had like, we're, we're now going to record silence for you <laughs> because you clearly need it in your life. I think there's an app for that. But anyways, all right. We, I, have a, I have just like a couple more questions before we wrap up. I, I, w- I think with anything on these topics, you could go on forever. But again, like we just said, I think, uh, I think it's good that we stop and let things, let the dust settle on some of it. Um, I'd love for you to give a challenge to our listeners just on anything that you would like, just something that they could take away and maybe sit with in themselves. Um, but I, I do have one final question. My final question here is, what kind of demands does beauty place on us? Yeah, I think that the, the beauty, I mean, beauty places the demand upon us to respond and I think that um, that we have like a choice whether to reconcile ourselves to our own moral ugliness or to endeavor something beautiful, even though we will often feel inadequate. And I think that, um, you've, I mean, like we've all had the experience of realizing that we have to apologize to somebody, but not wanting to do it. There's a kind of like arduousness to making the apology, to having the apology accepted, especially when somebody doesn't say like, you know, it's no big deal. When somebody says like, I forgive you or I accept your apology, you know, it's mortifying. Um, But that when we make that apology and when that apology is accepted, that we can feel um, like a kind of transformation has taken place. Oftentimes those friendships benefit as a result, they are taken to the next level. Um, But that there's like, we have the impression, and this isn't just kind of like in the moral order, but we have the impression that there are things beautiful outside and that we ourselves by comparison are ugly. And we have a choice, you know, because beauty places the demand that we be beautiful, but it's by a beauty, not our own. It's by a beauty the Lord gives, models, gives and makes possible. Um, and so we have to be content to be a hot mess. So like, for instance, say like, you, the listener, are discerning what to do with your life, whether your vocation or your next job or blah, blah, blah. 
Like when you, when you recount that to your friends, you are often tempted, we are all often tempted to sound more knowledgeable, to sound more in charge, to sound more put together than we in fact are. We always want to tell people like, yeah, the Lord told me this, this is the plan. We're going to go get it. You know, I've already got the applications in, got some great leads, you know, like the interviews are queued up <laughs> when truth be told, like we spent the whole day eating Cheetos, you know, and like lying on our couch and watching Tiger King. Um, so yeah. like we need to be honest about that because beauty places real demands and we can only uh, respond with a genuine response. Um, so it means saying like, I am a hot mess. I am morally ugly in many ways, but I'm willing to endeavor this thing, even though it will be mortifying and excruciating, tiring and difficult, but it is worth it, you know, because I want to live where beauty abides um, because I want to be caught up in that radiant beauty. I want to gaze upon the most beautiful one so that in that rap gaze, I will find my peace. I will find my contentment. Um, so yeah, it means, it means responding, but in a way that is exceedingly difficult. <laughs> Colin on all of my lady friends right here. If you are looking for community in a place that is private and off social media, if you're wanting to go deeper in your faith, but you have no idea where to begin and a master's program is not in the cards for you at this moment, you need to check out the Lux Network. You can go to theluxuniversity.com to find out more, but we have created the very first Catholic app for Catholic women that does just that. It brings you community of women in a private setting. It gives you all of the courses from Lux University, courses on the faith, courses on theology taught by experts in the field. We also bring to you live prayer, live weekly prayer at the Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet. And we have our chaplain, Father Michael O'Loughlin, who guides us every single week in a gospel reflection. There is so much of that and more inside the new Lux Network go ahead, come and join us at theluxuniversity.com. Find out what it's all about. You can choose between one of two plans. And yes, <laughs> I did name them after food. You can choose the chips and salsa plan, which is the prayer in the community, or you can choose the whole enchilada. That's actually the name of it. And that is the prayer. That is the devotionals. That is the community. And that is Lux University, which is really what most women truly do come for is that whole enchilada plan. But come on in. If you are looking for a place to connect with other Catholic women and, and really connect with them, if you want a place where you can pray live with other Catholic women in a private setting off of social media, if you want to deepen your faith, learn more about it, have the answers uh, to the questions that you've been asking for a long time, then you, know, you need to check out Lux University inside that Lux app too. This is here for you. We are here for you. We truly believe that you are a light and yet you are a leader and we are happy to help you get there. Come join us inside Lux. I love the notion that this is what beauty demands of us. I love thinking about it like that versus how I think we are trained because of the time and the culture in which we live in, that beauty is something that we take, but that we can receive something and that we are called to participate in its function. I just, I just think that, that, that that's really amazing that, that beauty is not just this thing for girls. It's not just about this aesthetic of something that just looks a certain way so that you can take it or consume it or control or have, but it's, it's 
as we've been talking about so much more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and people have had the experience of looking at the visual arts and thinking like, I don't get it, you know, but that's part of the point. You know, we need to learn to get it. We need to be trained to get it. We need to be disciplined to get it. And that's by grace, not our own. You know, it means enrolling in an art appreciation class or enrolling in an art class so that you can have a greater sympathy with the artist, him or herself. Um, it means taking steps, but steps that represent a kind of consent to and cooperation with the Lord's offer of himself. And so you take those insights from the visual arts or music appreciation, and they are universally true of human life. So it, yeah, it demands something of us. I love that. I love that. I, there's, I'm thinking of a, a few examples right now in my own life of, I think how you started this conversation with how beauty is, is, is also about something that, that is something that you can know and it has a known to it. And so the more that you love and, and know that, or the, the more that you know, that more that your love grows, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you can appreciate and the things that bothered you maybe once in the beginning of that, maybe that, that created thing don't as much anymore because your love is growing for, for it. For, is that my mind? Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Is that the right thought? Okay. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting to me as a mother, I'm experiencing this for the first time. I'll just say this quick example and then, and then, and then we'll wrap up. But um, I'm experiencing this for the first time. I have, I have five young kids. My oldest is six and I, my oldest, um, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Don't worry. But uh, obviously I love my children. I, I, I love all my children and I, I know them. I know them. I know the look. I know when they make us certain things. I know when they shift their body, what, what's going on behind that. Um, and so for my oldest, there's, there's somebody um, in our life and, and uh, who I can tell is getting not is getting annoyed with my oldest child. Every time that they're around her, like, they're like just a little, like there's some things about Agnes that I guess I just annoy this person. Now, Agnes is only six, you know, but I mean, you know, she's a kid. And I see this as a mother, like I'm watching this happen of this person does not love Agnes the way I love Agnes because they're, 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 they're being annoyed by this superficial thing, but they don't see why the, the reasons why she's doing that. Like, like what's behind her like her thought process and who she is and how she thinks about things. And I do. So they don't annoy me. I know that one thing that I can understand what might annoy someone if she says something or does something in a certain way or how she responds, but I know her and it doesn't bother me. I know her so much. and I love her so much that those things don't rub me the way that they may rub other people. I don't know, but like there's this, piece of beauty within that that's teaching me a lot about other things in my spiritual life and my relationship with God and my relationship with other people and how God's working on me and loves me and all these other things of how I just saw this dynamic of me, my daughter, and this other person. And it was just really interesting of, of how some things bother others. And, and I don't know, I guess just pulling it all back into mm-hmm. beauty, truth, and goodness of these things that are not just transcendentals, meaning we have no access to them, or it's completely out of our our realm to even understand. But they are um, 
that they they that they can be known and that they have a demand upon our life. If you're just saying this demand of beauty upon our life to respond. Um, thank you so much, Father, for being a part of this conversation. I really. I loved every ounce of it. Um, I apologize if I spoke too much in this podcast and did not allow Father Gregory to do that. I will maybe, um, if you agree, can have you back on where we can, we can do awkward silences too. Yes. Yeah. Now <laughs> Might as well just make it as awkward as possible. <laughs> we can tell jokes and not laugh at them. It'd be awesome. Yes. Yes. That's what we'll do. We'll just let it, let it ride. Oh gosh. This is like, this is like those really bad SNL skits that are the best, right? They end up being like so good because they're so bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. We have a future. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Father, what is the challenge that you could give our listeners? Okay, uh, so my challenge is to take a snow day. This seems wildly unrelated to what has come before, but here we go. Um, perhaps you've had the experience, like when you were little and there'd be a snow day, you're like, perfect. I'm going to go sledding. I'm going to collect a bowl of snow and cover it in Hershey's syrup. I'm going to drink hot chocolate. I'm going to have a pee, you know, like a, a, a what do you call those things? A grilled cheese sandwich with tomato soup. That was my go-to. And I'm just going to lounge about for like a solid 14 hours. And then sometime around like high school, you're like getting involved in sports and you're like, oh no, I'm going to miss a workout. So I need to fit that in. And oh, this is like a great opportunity to catch up on, you know, my past assignments and to get ahead on that paper and blah, blah, blah. But like at a certain point in our life, we begin treating snow days as if they were, um, yeah, opportunities to be more efficient. And I think the thing with like beauty or in our experience of beauty is that it does not admit of the standard of efficiency. So beauty is not going to be calculable or efficiency driven in the way that a lot of our mundane experience is, right? It's just like, it doesn't make sense that it would be restorative to go and put like, I don't know, 17 pounds on your back. And to like hike around a national park and then to come home exhausted and, and, and think that a good use of time. But it, it does make sense in the experience thereof. But we have to carve out time for those types of things. So maybe, you know, like in your work right now, maybe you're less efficient and things are you're kind of like, you know, getting behind on some projects and you're pulling your hair out because you're trying to like homeschool and keep up with this and like retain your job and blah, blah, blah. I think I think there's a there's something to be said for just like walling off Sunday, for instance, and taking an adventure, just getting out and experiencing something beautiful. So that way you can come back to the daily affairs and see them with, um, yeah, see them with renewed eyes, see them with a transfigured gaze. So that way it all doesn't just get assimil assimilated into the experience of the efficient, but can actually be broken open into the experience of the transcendent. Well, there's the challenge, friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's a there we go. Dominican priest challenge, you know, is coming. You know, this wasn't, he was not going to let us off the hook with like, y'all need to say three Our Fathers, <laughs> two Hail Marys. That's right. No, it's a whole day. <laughs> Get busy. Day. I love it. We'll make sure that we add the actual challenge in the show notes so that you can go ahead and look at that and take it with you and, and go over that as well as all of the links that we talked about, especially the Thomistic Institute. That's um, uh, ThomisticInstitute.org, right? ThomisticInstitute.org. That'll be in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. Um, I really encourage you to check out the Thomistic Institute Um just to kind of like, like what father was saying, kind of get your feet wet with um, beautiful St. Thomas Aquinas and, and all that he has to offer the church and us so that we can bring ourselves to a place uh, just a little bit closer to God. Um, it's the least we can do. So 
Paula, thank you so much for your time. I'm so Come thankful on. that you are a part of this, this conversation. Um, and to all of my listeners, thank you. I am praying for you. I pray that you have a blessed day, a day that you can sit, stop, and reflect on the beauty around you and remember that that includes you too. So whatever you do today, make sure you do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. I'll talk to you later. Bye.